I always kind of talk about how this is the Bible of your brand. Anything that deals with your brand, you come to this and it should all be there. Welcome back to Duo On Air. I'm Abby. And I'm Courtney. And we're the ex-agency turned entrepreneurial team that puts the Duo in Duo Collective. Our boutique organic marketing agency specializes in SEO, social media strategy, and brand. We're an everyday pair of business besties slash marketing experts obsessed with helping our community learn more about what it takes to run a business. Which is why on Duo On Air, we're not holding anything back. We're giving you all the info we know about how to grow your business organically so you can be the confident CEO you were made to be. And how to navigate life as a small business owner. Whether it's on your own or with your best friend by your side. So grab your coffee or your mimosa, we don't judge, and settle in for a quick value-packed episode of Marketing Tips. Welcome back to the Duo On Air podcast. This is episode number 44, and today we're chatting about common branding terms and what they mean. I know I might need a little bit of this episode as well. (laughs) So when it comes to branding and all the jargon that you hear around it, especially in this industry, things like mood board, assets, you might be getting really confused on what those items actually are and what they mean. And that's okay. You do not need to understand them. If you hear these terms and you freeze up and you think, I don't know what this means. I have no idea what I just signed up for, what I'm paying for. Um, just don't be scared to ask because it might be a jargon-filled term that we don't even realize that we're using. Uh, we had this kind of issue come up with our coach when we were working with her too, where we would write out emails or we would write out a form of communication and she'd be like, this is jargon. What do you mean by templates? What do you mean <laughs> by creative templates or something like that? And we were like, oh, I guess I had no idea that this terminology existed. And that is a lot of times coming from our prior experience being at the agency for 10 plus years, these jargon-filled terms are part of our everyday knowledge. So we don't often realize that you might not understand what we're talking about. So these are things that we just want to break down so that you feel really comfortable learning about them, whether you are going to do a rebrand in the future, you've already done one, Or maybe they're just terminology that you just want to feel comfortable about because in the creative industry, we do talk about these terms all the time. So Courtney is going to break down most of these for you because she is the genius on this. But we are going to go ahead, remove the corporate talk for you and really break these down so that they come to life in real talk. Yes. So the first one that we're going to be talking about today is a mood board. So when you hear the term mood board, what does that mean? What a mood board means is when we first kick off a client project that is specific to branding, we ask them all about their brand, essentially. So we send out a questionnaire. We ask them about their competitors, about what they strive to be, who they are, who their audience is, who they're talking to, all of that stuff. So you're probably like, great, Courtney, that has nothing to do with the mood board, but it actually kind of does. So when we get all of this information from our client, we're gathering as much as we can about that brand that is either already established and they're rebranding or they are looking to start a brand from scratch. We gather all of that information and then we ask them to start a Pinterest board. So this is where Pinterest is your best friend. You'll go to Pinterest, you'll start typing in different things as far as aesthetic that you like. So let's say you really like the color purple. You're going to type in purple logo, purple branding, purple website. You're going to type in all of these things so you can kind of start to see what populates within Pinterest and start pinning these to a board for your brand. And then let's say you actually 
also really like the color orange, but you don't like purple and orange together. So you're not totally sure. So you, t- you start pinning all these orange things and then you start pinning other elements like photography and type style and different logo treatments and all of that stuff. So then what I do is I go to that Pinterest board and I look at everything that you have, everything that you like aesthetically. They could be totally different pieces of of aesthetic. You could have something that looks really modern. You could have something that looks really sophisticated. And then you could have something that looks really fun and bold. So I take all of that and I create different mood boards from you for you. So what I do is I take all of those elements those modern elements, and I put them together in one mood board. This mood board contains imagery, it contains fonts, it contains colors, patterns, all of those things, Um, logo X examples, so not like what your logo will be, but an example of how your logo will be eventually and kind of the emotion that it's going to put off. And I will put this into a board. And this board is usually kind of just like a gridded out board. And it's just a visual representation of what your brand aesthetic is going to look like. So those boards can be drastically different. We've had many clients where they're like, I don't really know. I love all of these kinds of designs. So when you take all of those elements and you put them into very specific mood boards, you are creating that emotional and aesthetic feel within that space. And from there, we'll break down for our clients like, this board is very modern and sophisticated. And then we'll go to the next one and we'll be like, this one is very bright, loud, and kind of in your face. So we really break it down for them, what these mood boards are doing and the way that they're making their audience feel. So these mood boards are super power visuals for that very first part of kicking off your brand on the direction that you want your brand to look aesthetically and how it's making you feel like Is it making you feel like this is a high-end, sophisticated service or product, or is it more of like a kind of loose, natural, organic product where like things are a little bit free-flowing and not so buttoned up? So it really sets that groundwork for how your brand is going to look and feel and evoke that emotion to your audience. My favorite way to describe this is that these are not your real brand elements, but they are inspiration to help us get closer to what's actually real. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a really good stepping stone for clients to to start to determine what their actual brand is going to look like. When they see these when they see all these elements in Pinterest, they're like, "Oh my gosh, I love it all. I can't figure out what I want my brand to look like." But when they see it paired down into a mood board, when you're bringing in all of these pieces, like the photography, the typography, the pattern, the colors, when you see all of that come together in one mood board, you start to really gather what that look and feel is going to be like, and how it makes you feel, and how you want your brand to feel to your customers. So the next term that uh, could be really corporate jargon-filled, something you've probably heard a lot about, but maybe you're not quite sure what it is, is visual elements or brand assets. So what this means, you might be thinking in your head like, oh, this is my logo, but it is your logo. It's also so much more. So this encompasses all of those visual things that make up your brand. So we are talking about your main logo, your submarks, which could be another term, all term like jargon-filled term, all in itself. It basically means various iterations of your logo that is used in other spaces where your main logo can't be used because it's either too big or you are just being more playful with your content because you know it's not a brand new audience, so you can bring in a more playful submarker version of your logo. So you have your logo, your submarks, 
You have your fonts. All of those are assets. And yes, you should 100% have a few fonts that help identify your brand. You shouldn't just be choosing any font at any time. You should have designated ones. Your photography style may be brand assets for you to leverage and pull, pull from. Um, your pattern. Wanna, I almost forgot the fa- uh, favorite, favorite one. <laughs> I know. So your pattern is one of the most fun visual assets or brand assets that you'll have for your brand. We just did a really fun exercise visually to showcase a main logo across three different patterns and how even if the logo doesn't change, your pattern can help influence how you feel, how the logo is portrayed, what expectations of the business someone might think. So seeing something like that helps you understand that your your business is so much more than your logo and the supporting elements around it can help shape the way someone feels when they interact with your brand. So that can be super important. Yes. And one more thing um, is icons. So icons, uh, they're kind of similar to, you know, if you would think maybe about um, a pattern or you can take icons and make a pattern out of icons. But sometimes that's something too that our clients are interested in, our specific icons, you know, that could relate to specific products or specific services. So sometimes we create these um, one-off icons or icons that are unique to that brand for them so that they can use them in those spaces as well. And even breaking this down one step further, how you receive these visual assets is lit- it's very simple um, and easy. So what we do for our clients is we deliver them a Google Drive folder. And in that folder, each of those visual elements that we just listed out has its own folder. You have a logo, you have a submarks, you have fonts, you have photos, you have icons or patterns. All of those are laid out in their own folder. And then what's uploaded to those photo- photos are to those folders is literally JPEGs or PNGs of those assets and the working files of those assets in the fancy programs that Courtney builds them in, Mm -hmm. which sometimes you might never touch those, which is absolutely okay. Other times you might need to share them with a printer, but either way, all of those visual brand assets are housed in one place for you so that you can access and use them at any time. So the next one is the brand board. So you might be thinking, wait, we already talked about a mood board. What the heck can a brand board be? Good question. So the brand board is where we have already determined from your mood board how you're going to move forward aesthetically. You chose your mood board. You're super excited about it. Maybe you had a few tweaks, but from there, that's how you want your brand and your logo to look at the end. So we take that mood board and we start to use that as inspiration to build your brand board. So what your brand board includes is your final logo. Um, It's gonna include an example of what your photography would look like. Sometimes we have client photography that works beautifully within the brand that we're redesigning for them. Sometimes we will source brand photography that we feel like fits that brand vibe. So we'll just use that as an inspiration within that brand board. The other thing you're going to see are your submarks. So like Abby said earlier, you're going to see those other logo logo iterations that can be used in your social space, on your website in a really fun way, on business cards or just anywhere else that you want to use that logo um, as a different sign of recognition elsewhere. And then you're going to have your colors and you're going to have the color breakdown. So you're going to have the hex color breakdown for each color that you have within your brand. And then you're going to have the fonts. And like Abby said earlier too, you always want to have at least two to three fonts. We say that three fonts is kind of that happy 
happy place within a brand. So we usually choose one main font, and this will be the font that is most prominent in your logo and your submarks. It's usually a font that is legible because we don't want to get too crazy with a logo that's, that people can't read or understand. And then the second font is usually just a complementary font to that first font. And it's also something that we usually want to make sure is legible too, because it could end up being sub subcopy within your logo or the copy that you use on your site that has a lot of the content that your user will be reading. And then the last font, this is usually a fun one. So this one doesn't necessarily have to be like top legibility. It can be like some sort of a, a font that has like a fun, unique asset to it, or it's some sort of a fun script or a handwritten font. These are fun fonts to use in spaces where you just want to be a little bit more playful. So if you go to our website, you'll see that we have just tiny little callouts in this little cursive font. And um, they're just like little callouts over our images and like meet the duo or here's the duo, just fun things like that, that we can call out within that font where we're not worried about if the user doesn't read it or see it, it's not information that they need to be seeing or interacting with. It's just a fun visual element that if they do happen to see it and read it, great. But if they don't, that's okay too. And then at the very bottom of the brand board, we usually include kind of just a color block and a tagline that we either A, create for your business or your business already kind of had and we're using that tagline within your company. So that's usually kind of how the brand board is is developed and how it visually is um, with on the page. But really at the end of the day, the brand board is your brand. It is the visual elements and assets that will be a part of your brand. And it's just kind of broken down in a nice board for you with the callouts of what each section is. So you know that when you look at it, you're like, this is my main logo. These are my submarks. These are my colors. So it's kind of just a really easy go-to for your brand. And it's just like a tiny little guide for like, oh, this is my brand. These are the colors I should be using. These are my fonts, all of that. And this is also an asset. <laughs> that we release to our clients too. So they always have that brand board that they can visually go to and make sure that their brand is aligning to it if they were to make any other collateral or anything going forward with their own brand assets, which collateral is another one we'll talk about in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with the brand board too, I think one of the nicest pieces of this is the colors because the colors aren't an asset that can be released in like this Google Drive folder, but you can reference your brand board to help snag the hex colors, which should be another term in this as well. It should. Those hex colors are something you can copy and paste those little numbers, um, which I don't even know what hex stands for. Oh gosh, you know, I should <laughs> you know what this spot. means too, but I don't quite know what it means. I just do know that it's probably the simplest way to take a color and use it, especially within the digital space. So if you're constantly using that hex color, it's going to show up throughout all of your digital assets, that color. But then you can also take these colors and if you needed the CMYK breakdown of that hex color, you I'm sure there's websites out there that you would just pop that in, whatever that hex color is, and you'd ask it to convert to RGB CMYK. I can do this within my programs, but if you don't have these programs, you wouldn't be able to do this. So you'd have to just do it online. But those hex colors can be broken down into those other color term terms and where you'd have to break them down if you're using it like if you wanted to print something so you'd just easily be able to do that and have that color in the cmyk breakdown that you would need so hex is digital yes yes hex is digital you use cmyk for any time you're printing correct but you could also this is where it gets a little bit 
crazy too. You could also use Pantone, specific Pantone colors if you weren't using a CMYK breakdown. So that's probably a whole other episode of its own. So we will talk about that. We should do a color episode for sure. Oh, absolutely. But I think for when you're using your brand assets, you're using them in Canva, you're using them on your website, you can simply copy those hex colors. And then those colors can then easily be translated and you know you're using the same color everywhere you're talking about your brand because consistency is key. Absolutely. So the next thing is a style guide. So a style guide takes everything kind of to that next level. A style guide is if you work with somebody like us to develop your strategy of your brand. So when we talk strategy, we're talking mission, vision, uh, voice, personality, What else am I missing? Um, Sometimes we include elevator pitch. It's really all of these top level things with your brand that you should already have in place, or if you don't have them in place, you should work with somebody to help you build those. And then we take all of that information, the strategy behind your brand, and we put that into a document. And that's usually the beginning of this document. So it's usually just a PDF that you can send out to you know, you, your people that work with you, your employees, or any vendor that you work with, you can send this out to them. But not only does it include that strategy and that mission and that vision and your voice, it also includes those visual elements or assets that we also talked about. So I always kind of talk about how this is the Bible of your brand. You, anything that deals with your brand, you come to this and it should all be there. It should be there from the strategy point down to how you communicate with your customers, down to the photography you use, down to the logo usage, um, even down to the do's and don'ts of the logo. Like do not twist the logo, do not turn the logo, do not change the logo, the logo's color, do not skew the logo. So it's really setting all of these rules and foundations for your brand that if somebody's not familiar with your brand, you can send this to them and they should learn everything, the ins and outs of your brand and be able to walk away and know exactly how to communicate your brand and how to show your brand visually if they were to build any assets for you. So the next terminology piece is collateral, which Courtney has already said. (laughs) So if you have no idea what this is, this is really everything that encompasses your brand outside of these visual assets, so to speak. So do you have a business card? Do you have a thank you card? Do you have an appointment scheduling card that you hand out? Do you have product clothes tags? Do you have menus? All of those things are collateral elements that should be referencing all of your visual assets. Like you should be using all of your colors, all of your fonts, all of your patterns across these different collateral pieces to make sure that you have a very cohesive brand everywhere your customer or client looks. And collateral could even be digital. So Abby and I, we have um, a experience guide that we send out to new leads. So that is a piece of collateral, even though it's not something that we're physically holding or physically sending to our clients. It is a piece of collateral that we developed that adds onto our brand. It explains our business more and it has our services and offerings. So collateral is not always, when you say collateral, a lot of people, I think, automatically assume print, but it can also be digital assets. Um, We're working with a client right now and they need a digital menu for their website. So it's those things too that are pieces of collateral that help add on to your brand. Mm -hmm. And we always add on collateral elements to our brand packages. When we do the full brand Bible for our clients, we also do a couple collateral items. items, And sometimes that can even be like social templates, like setting the framework for how your brand looks on social. 
So if you are um, struggling too with like some type of experience or service guide, we do sell our template that we use on our shop. So that is in there that you can grab and customize by using your own brand Bible and adding your own colors, your fonts, your own images to really tweak it. We did a quick little example on our website. You can see how dramatic it is when you go from one brand to the other when you just use your visual assets that you have at hand. Yes. And then the last one that we're going to talk about today, which I'm sure we can make a whole nother episode about other things like this as far as branding goes, because we were just saying words that were like, oh, shoot, that probably doesn't make sense to people. Um, But the last one we're going to go through today is revisions. So revisions are essentially changes. So the client comes to us, they're like, okay, I love everything about this brand board, but can we tweak this one submark a little bit? Or can we change the color of this? The color scheme, you know, is a little too bright. I want to make it a little bit more muted or vice versa. So these revisions are the client communicating to us what they want changed. And so we will go ahead and make these revisions with always making sure that we put our professional foot forward and suggesting, you know, if we think something is a wrong revision, we'll still make it and we'll show them, but we're always going to tell them like professionally and within your industry, we think this is stronger because of X, Y, and Z. So making sure that we're always making the best choice and option for them, but making sure that they're brought along the way too, because when you're building your brand, you want to be a part of that. You, This is your baby. You want to help make those decisions really be a part of it because you want to feel like you built that too, which you did. So it's really um, working through those revisions, making sure that we are taking your brand and making it the best it can be. But um, at the end of the day, the revisions will always be made and we'll always keep those older versions just in case you want to go back to an older version and say, actually, you know what? I really did like that that color. Let's go forward with that color and make that change. So by the end of all of the revisions, you will have your final brand board, your final visual elements and assets, your mood board, and any collateral or style guide if you signed up for those things as well. So all of those things would be in that arsenal of tools for you. So we hope that you found this episode helpful. And then it makes all of these terms a little less confusing and scary because we know sometimes they're very much scary and you don't want to ask what the heck does that mean? And we also, we really had a fun time putting this one together and kind of talking about it. So if you have any other terminology that you're confused on or you want us to break down more, please message us on Instagram, email us, or comment on this post and we will be sure to add it to our list of future episodes. If you liked this episode, please be sure to share it with a friend and subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes dropping every Monday. Plus, if you haven't already, please leave us a review and don't hesitate to share any new episode ideas. We love hearing from you and creating this content for you. See you next week.